Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. WGR Sports Radio 550. Can I interest you in a nightcap? No, thank you. I don't wear them. You know, we're supposed to have a meeting. And we're having a meeting. So let's start by doing what we set out to do. Let's accomplish that. Let's have a meeting here at my office. We did attempt to have the meeting, and I did make the drive part. So the drive part... Yeah. That, that I did yeah. too. The driving, so, you got so that, good. That's but, a little uh, out of balance now because I did my drive. And but it's not out of balance because, you know, you were driving and I was waiting. So, but the important thing is we didn't Well, the waiting, there's a lot to do while you're waiting. There's nothing to do while you're driving. Tomorrow, if you want to drive to my office, that's, I'll be happy. You can nice. keep me waiting for as long as you want. I, I know, but we made a plan. I, we I set understand. A, we set but, a plan. Yeah. We said, we'll meet at my office. Right. And we'll have a meeting. Yes. That's the plan. That hasn't been accomplished. It's the nightcap. Let's no, accomplish but, that. That's all but we saying. attempted to have the meeting, but it was aborted. We and we failed. Let's have that meeting. Let's have we, that we're, meeting. We're having that meeting right now. This we're is not a meeting about the show. This is a meeting about having a meeting. I know, but the intention is the same. Don't you understand? I drove here with the same intention. The driving is not the meeting, The Larry. driving is what we're talking about. The driving is, is, the driving is what we're talking about. You gratitude. keep coming back to this insane yeah, thing. We're driving. Yes. Driving is not the issue. Did we make yeah, a driving is the issue. About we had a singular plan. We were going to have a meeting about yeah, the show. Okay, in so my having a meeting. Sports Radio 550. Islanders in trouble. Carolina up 3-1. to one. Two quick goals at the start of the second period. They're on the verge of a sweep. Robin Leonard and the Islanders in danger of being swept here. After sweeping the Penguins... How do you think Pittsburgh feels today? You got swept by the team that's, got to, that's about to get swept by the team that went to seven with Washington. I just connected a lot of dots there. But essentially what I just said is uh, you, the Penguins must have... That was a really rough series for them. Malkin rumors. How about that? I want to talk some Penguins a little bit. Not too much. There are a lot of these other teams really interesting right now that are being thrown in a tailspin that were in the playoffs. We're we're mad here in Buffalo because this team can't even get in a playoff race. I got the Penguins and the Leafs who went to the playoffs that are, whew, it's a it's a circus, almost. Pittsburgh might be about to trade Evgeny Malkin, and the Leafs might about to be firing uh, Bab Babcock. Maybe trading Willie Nylander, maybe getting offer sheeted on Mitch Marner. There's a lot going on with both those teams. We'll get to Jeff Blair in a couple minutes. Sportsnet 590, talking Leafs with Howard and Jeremy uh, in a little bit. Sabres coach search on the mind, taking some calls on that. 8030550 is the phone number. We'll start this segment off with George. George, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Hey, Joe, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thanks. Um, I just had uh, a couple things. Uh, I'm on, actually on board with uh, Gronberg. I think he should be uh, given a chance, definitely. Uh, out of all the candidates that we've, uh, you know, talked about. Uh, and the other thing, I've never been too big on player-coach uh, kind of thing, but I was wondering about Rick Dudley. Now, that name was never brought up, and I know he's done quite a bit through the NHL. Uh, yeah. 
what your thoughts were on that, if you knew any information about him. Um, well, I'm definitely on board with you that I want to see Gronberg get the job. Um, the only thing, Dudley like seems to be a respectable name around the league, but I don't think he's ever coached. Or if he has, it hasn't been recently. Um, let's see. He coached the Sabres in the late 80s. I didn't even know that. I did not know that. Wow, you learn something new every day, I guess. I did not know Rick Dudley coached the Sabres for two and a half years. And then the Panthers in 2004. No, he's more of an executive at this point, so I, I can't see that even being something anywhere near close to happening. Um, I'm on board with you with Gronberg, though. I just want to see the guy get a chance, and I think this is the place to do it. You've got the perfect opportunity. There's no grade-A experienced coach out there, so why not do it now? Take a shot in the dark. That's where I'm at. All right, Leafs on the mind. I just talked to them about them a little bit. Um, the Penguins, too, we'll touch on that a little bit later, but the Leafs is really where things could happen this offseason or probably likely to happen. Um, Jeff Blair on with Howard and Jeremy this morning, Sportsnet 590, a lot of good stuff on Toronto, some really interesting stuff. They might be about to fire Mike Babcock. We'll see. Here is Jeff Blair on with the guys earlier today. What's going on in Toronto? What about Mike Babcock's future? What about Sheldon Keefe? Could the Sabres talk to Sheldon Keefe? Would the Leafs trade Willie Nylander? Would they trade Nazem Kadri? There's a lot of stuff that could impact us here in Buffalo. So let's go to Jeff Blair. He is joining us from uh, Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto, and he's on our Western Hotline. Jeff, it's Howard and Jeremy. Thanks for coming on with us this morning. No problems. My answer to that question would be yes, no, and yes, yes. Is that? <laughs> there is, I'm telling you, man, there is no shortage of Leafs topics. You guys must be having a field day with all this stuff. Well, it, yeah, and it, it's kind of interesting because it, it's almost like, um, and I don't know when it started exactly, guys. I don't know if it was something, you know, Nick Kiprios or, 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 or Brian Burke said during the season, but it, it's almost as if at some point the dialogue around this team became almost solely Dubas versus Babcock. You know, yeah, people, you know, Mitch Marner's contract's a big deal. That's going to get done. Everybody knows that. Nobody knows what the fallout's going to be. But that's going to get done. But but it, it's almost as if at some point, and I think I think it may have been at the trade deadline where Kyle Dubas goes out and acquires Jake Muzzin, and one of the first things Mike Babcock says is essentially, yeah, great acquisition, too bad he's not a right-handed shot. I think when people started hearing that, that kind of became the focus of the discussion. And, and, and I would say 90% of the discussion right now is can, can Kyle Dubas and Mike Babcock coexist? And you know one thing about this city, guys, there are like a thousand insiders here. I mean, mm-hmm. I run into them every time I come into the office. And I would say if I put if I put ten of my best insiders in the room, I would say seven of them will tell you they don't think Mike Babcock's back next year. So it, it it's bizarre. It really is. One question I wondered about. I feel like last year the question was can Mike Babcock and Austin Matthews coexist? Like they had to mm-hmm. smooth things they over. Off season meeting, right? Yeah. Didn't so Babcock go see him? is Babcock some sort of common denominator of there being strife or there being uh, I don't know too many bumps in this? Well, yeah. I mean, I think you know. Let's look at Mike Babcock realistically. Um, you know, Mike Babcock is a a terrific coach. But, uh, you know, I mean, his main claim to fame in recent years has been that he's been able to take the best hockey players in Canada and win a gold medal. Well, with all due respect, that's probably not the hardest job in the world. I mean, if you look at what he's accomplished at the NHL level, you know, his track record of success in the postseason in recent years has not been that great. And, and this is a different team, and 
most importantly, a different era. And, you know, you watch this team, you watch the Leafs last year, and they were having fun. I mean, even in the playoffs when they were eliminated, you know, I think there was a sense that, yeah, there was an issue between Babcock and Matthews. But, you know, the team was having fun. It was a growing process, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There was none of that this year. I mean, the body language on guys like Austin Matthews, not so much John Tavares, but Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, as the season went on and as the series went on, you, you almost got the sense that these guys were just kind of sick. You know, they're kind of sick of Mike Babcock. They're kind of sick of what they're hearing. Um, you know, here we are a year after that supposed meeting between Babcock and Austin Matthews about ice time. And, you know, one of the things we're talking about after the lease were eliminated, in addition to Dubas and Matthews, or Dubas and, and, and Babcock, of course, is why the hell was Patrick Marlowe out on the ice in the final four minutes of the game and Austin Matthews is on the bench? There's, it, it seems as if a lot of the questions we had at the end of last year that we thought were in the process of being answered this year suddenly weren't answered. And, you know, like I, I, I talked to an executive with the team a couple of days ago, and you know, he made the point that it's entirely possible the Leafs team next year at the start of the season isn't going to be as good as this team. You know, they'll have Marner, they'll have Matthews, I mean, they'll have the core guys, but they're going to have to shed probably 18 to $20 million worth of existing contracts in order, you know, to, 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 to improve, or not to improve, but just in order to get Mitch Marner signed and in order to do what you have to do with Kasperi Kapanen and Andreas Janssen. So, I mean, I don't think there's any way that Kapanen, Nylander, Kadri are all back next year. I think there's a pretty good chance two of those guys are gone. You know, they, they, they give you Nikita Zaitsev tomorrow morning for nothing. Um, I mean, they've got a lot of hard decisions to make, and, and they're in a situation, and Kyle Dubas kind of referred to this, they're in a, situ- a situation where, one, they need Rasmus Sandin to come in next year and play probably three or four defense defenseman minutes, um, and, and they need to find a bunch of cost-effective guys. Like They need to find guys in the KHL. They need to find guys who can do, with, do what Andreas Janssen did this year. So there's a real chance that this team – on paper at the start of the season next year isn't going to be as good because the equivalent of John Tavares, whether it's a forward or defenseman, is not walking through the door this year. Do you like, you know, it's Babcock. It's funny. Um, Jeff, when he was, you know, up for this job and he, they were at the Sabres when running and he, did, and he picked Toronto, I was pretty upset. I really wanted Mike Babcock. And I'm going to ask you, I guess, what do you think of him as a coach? You talked about Canada and claim to fame and all that because now it's funny, revisionist history. Maybe I might look at it and go, mm-hmm. do, I, do, I, do I want him because he hasn't been down to the first round of the playoffs in forever? Now, for us, by the way, making the playoffs would be a massive accomplishment. But <laughs> what, what do you think well, of Babcock? Right? You yeah, no. Let, let's, say, let's say the Leafs say, you know what? We're done. Sheldon Keefe, we want to keep you. Babcock's on the market. Should I be excited if the Sabres want to bring him in? Uh, I, I don't think so. I mean, this is a guy who's been clearly outcoached by Bruce Cassidy in the past two, in the past two playoffs, and, that, and that's you know no disrespect. I'm certainly not. I, I don't mean to disrespect Bruce Cassidy, but he's been outcoached, and you know, and that, and talk to people in the organization, they'll tell you that that they were you know that, that they were disappointed in what they in what they saw to Mike Babcock. Um, you know, and the other thing to remember with this organization is when it comes to swallowing his contract, I mean, if they want to make a change, money's no option. Um, you know, they've already paid a good chunk of that of that that contract out to Mike Babcock. 
Um, it, it, where I see this going, and I think where most people see this going, is at some point in the next month or so, certainly once the AHL playoffs are over, Kyle Dubas and Mike Babcock will sit down, and it'll be made clear to Mike Babcock that Shelton Keith is going to be in his staff next year. Okay. And if he's comfortable, if he's comfortable with the guy that everybody in the city thinks is his is his heir apparent being on his staff, then he'll get a chance. But if he boxes at that, if he has an issue with that, then I think you're going to see the relationship between the two rupture completely. And 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 what I find fascinating in all this. And, and this isn't accident. I mean, I, I, I know from people I've spoken to, and Brendan Shanahan hasn't said a word. All Brendan Shanahan has to do is come out and say, guys, and he hasn't said it on or off the record. All he has to come out and say, guys, there's no problem with the GM and the coach. Give it a rest. Hmm. He hasn't said a thing. So either he doesn't care or he thinks it's some sort of creative tension or he's basically just said, you know, <laughs> you guys work this out. But I, I just think that there's, there's a real sense around this team that there are a lot of things on the table that, um, you know, that would have been inconceivable last year. I, I mean, I've got to think, you know, again, given, their, given the structure of their payroll, I wouldn't be surprised if they listen to Freddie Anderson. Um, I, I, you know, they'd have to go out and get another goaltender. I get all that. But they, they have to come up with a bunch of guys who are going to, play really well and not make a great deal of money in order for this to work and we were having a conversation last segment about Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and training your replacement and it kind of plays right into this about Babcock and uh, Sheldon Keefe what kind of relationship if any do they have right now in the same organization but coaching separately um, would we even know if they get along or, or what that might be like because that is definitely an awkward situation to be able to say yeah he's joining your staff and the writing on the wall would be that any sort of disappointment means he replaces you pretty soon, I would think. Yeah, we know that it, it, it's strange. I don't think we really have a handle on, on Sheldon Keefe and Mike Babcock's relationship. Um, I mean, the, you know, the, the, the relationship between the Marleys and the Leafs in terms of players coming and going, it's, it's pretty smooth. I mean, one thing this organization has done really well is, is you know, they've managed to have a pretty seamless transition with players coming up. Uh, players coming up from the Marlies and, and contributing to the Leafs. But, you know, it, the question, I think, will be phrased a little differently. It's, you know, Sheldon, Sheldon Keefe is Kyle Dubas's guy. You know, they, that relationship is, is pre-existing from years and years and years and years ago. And I think that's more the issue. It's not just that, it's not just that Sheldon Keefe would be the heir apparent to Mike Babcock. It's that he'd be the heir apparent who, oh, by the way, is really, really tight with the GM that you seem to have an issue with. Um, you know, I, I mean, I can't, I can't say it enough. You watch the playoffs right now, and I, I think there's almost a feeling in Toronto that this may be, you know, this may have been the, the least best shot at the Stanley Cup this season, given what's happened with, with Tampa and, and Washington and even the teams out west. This was absolutely the wrong year to to you know to put the type of performance they put in in the playoffs and it really it it it, it, it doesn't matter you know there was seven games it's just it doesn't matter it's the way they went out to the sabers the fact they were out coached and uh, as i said the fact that you know we're asking the same questions we were asking last year at this time and that wasn't supposed to be the case sportsnet's jeff blair how about willie nylander what's you know that whole season how it worked out with the contract uh, he 
I, to my eye, he looked fine. He didn't put up the numbers, and you know the fancy stats would say he was below his expected goals, that he should definitely have a bounce-back season. But is he being scapegoated? Is Dubas being criticized for how that was handled? Because it was obviously something that didn't go as the organization and Nylander would have liked it to go, where he would have been under contract a lot sooner. And can you ask Dubas if he'll take Ristolainen for Nylander? <laughs> You'll save a million five under the cap. No, just... he may. He, he may look. The thing, the, the thing with Nylander is, you know, first of all, he's said and done all the right things since coming back, so he's helped. He's helped himself. I mean, when I say said and done in terms of how he's handled questions about, you know, do you think it was a mistake? And, and he basically said, yeah. Looking back, if I had a, re- a redo, you'd probably do it a little differently. So there is that. There's an understanding on the part of both sides that it. You know, financially it worked out for Nylander, but in terms of where he needed to be for his career, it didn't necessarily work out. I, I think the the most disappointing thing with William Nylander this year was that you know, there there was a lot of talk in the city, and indeed a lot of talk around the Leafs and around the NHL, that he actually needs to be a center, that he's more engaged when he's a center, that it's too easy for him to kind of be on the periphery of things when he's on the wing you know he needs the responsibilities you get as a center to really get into the game well he got that in the playoffs when Nazem Kadri was 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 suspended and he just wasn't that effective and and I think that probably concerns people more than anything else is the fact that that caveat with William Nylander the idea that you know boy well one thing about Nylander is you can move Kadri and you can put Nylander in and he can kind of become your de facto third center and you know, maybe he can shift lines around and he's good enough, he's quick enough. Maybe he can take some shifts in the second line and you can do some stuff with Matthews and Marner, et cetera, et cetera. Now you come out of the playoffs going, he was really ineffective at center. And not just because he's a little small and was physically dominated. I mean, he just he disappeared in games. And, you know, the way the Leafs play, it's awfully hard for their center to disappear because so much of what they do goes through goes through the center that was i think a real concern for people the fact that that sort of that great yeah but maybe he could be a center seems to have been kind of uh kind of laid to rest but you know i think the contract's probably movable because of the way it was structured um but i don't know if you'd necessarily be selling uh, william nylander at, at his peak right now you know i would think if you're the least you probably start the season with him and 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 then see see where it goes. How about Kadri? Yeah, that was the other guy because with him, Jeff, we, he's, we, he's on a very team friendly contract. But you know what yeah. what has happened in the plate in the postseason last two years? Have they has it? Uh, you know they, they've they've decided we just can't do this anymore. And, and he, is and is he maybe one of the guys that they have to shed for all that other stuff? And would he be worth it, Jeff? Because from our standpoint, the Sabers have a need at that position. He has been productive. Jeremy said his contract is really affordable. It's fantastic. But he's yeah. a loose cannon and he gets suspended in the playoffs. Would you trade for him? I would. I'll tell you what. I would take Nazem Kadri and my team in a heartbeat. Um, you know, he did not have a good offensive season, but there was nobody on this team who was screwed over more by William Nylander than Nazem Kadri. Because with, with, in, in Nylander's absence, the whole goal seemed to be let's find somebody we can plug in with Austin Matthews. So, I mean, Nazem Kadri, God, he didn't know who his line mate would be 
I, I swear to God, there'd be nights where they'd be doing their line rushes, and you'd look at Cotter, he'd look around and go, oh, you're with me? <laughs> Jesus, that's not, not, that's, that's not the way it was in the morning, hmm. you know? So I, I really do give him a pass on the regular season because he just, he, you know, he was basically sacrificed to try to make, to, you know, to try to make the William Nylander thing work. The playoffs, yeah, I, I, I don't know about that, you know, it, it's, he was pretty good this year in terms of managing his emotions and he's growing an awful lot. And he and Morgan Riley are probably the two players who have really, really grown under Mike Babcock and have really become good players. The contract is team friendly. The guy scored 30 goals. He's got offensive talent. I, I really think on the right team, he would be a terrific number two center. I would have no problem having Nazem Kadri in my team. Now, obviously <laughs> Get to the playoffs. I, I need to say. We'll no, worry about really that when we. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a big. Uh, not here. we're not worried about that right now. We'll that out. I know that that's true. That that's the classic. Can't get suspended uh, you know, we'll in the postseason. That, we'll cross if, that you know? bridge. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when it's built. Right. right? Yeah. I know. I, I get it. But in terms of regular season, no. I think I think hmm. the guy's going to the guy score thirty goals for you, and he's not. Uh, he's not a bad dude in the clubhouse or in in, in the locker hmm. room. You know the. He was earlier in his career. I mean, he had some off-ice issues that he seems to have addressed. Um, and, and he's, you know, if you talk to people around the team, they'll tell you that, he, you know, he's one of the guys whose, whose voice is, you know, wasn't afraid to say something in, in the locker room. And um, I, I don't know if he's played his last game here because, as you said, that contract is just so, you know, $4 million and change for a guy who might get 30 goals for you. Like, you know, it's so team-friendly. You can't get suspended in the playoffs if your team never makes the playoffs, Jeff. So we're, we're dealing with that there issue here. Wow, great stuff. There Thank you, you so much for giving us some time on the show this morning. We had so many, so many questions, and it obviously can impact Buffalo. So we appreciate you giving us some insight today. Yeah, no problem, guys. Thanks for your patience. Have a nice weekend. You too. Take care. There he is, Jeff Blair. We'll do some reaction to that when we come back. The Leafs in turmoil, and I love it. So nightcap with Jody Biasi here. Your call is next. 803 is the phone number here on WGR. Watch the Leafs last year, and they were having fun. I mean, even in the playoffs when they were eliminated, you know, I think there was a sense that, yeah, there was an issue between Babcock and Matthews, but you know, the team was having fun. It was a growing process, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There was none of that this year. I mean, the body language on guys like Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, as the season went on and as the series went on, you almost got the sense that these guys were just kind of sick of Mike Babcock. They're kind of sick of what they're hearing. Jeff Blair, we just played that back here on WGR. It's the nightcap with Jody Biasi. 8030550 is the phone number. Um, some fallout from the Leafs losing to the Bruins as Mike Babcock's job is in jeopardy. I mean, he said, I think that's fair to say. Blair said that if you took 10 insiders with knowledge of what's going on with the Leafs right now, that seven of them would probably say that Babcock's not there next season. Um, so maybe Sheldon Keefe is the favorite to be their head coach for next season, and that would certainly take away one of the really good candidates that the Sabres could get for their head coaching gig. Um, yeah, lots going on with them right now. Marner, interesting that he said like everyone knows the Marner contract's going to get done. And to me, he is the most obvious case for an offer sheet in years. 
And the, I'm thinking about the Islanders specifically here. So Marner had 94 points this season. He's age 21, fifth overall, fourth overall pick, fourth overall pick, a couple years back. And by the way, that draft, I still cannot believe and couldn't believe at the time that Dylan Stroman over him. But anyways, it's regardless of the point. Marner is such a good player. He is top 15, top 20 at this point. He plays center, he plays wing, super versatile, super offensive, good in his own end, like just all around super good player, worth $10 million a year. He's seeking more than $10 million. Uh, Elliot Friedman had in 31 Thoughts today that he's maybe looking to get around eleven, which I think is more than what... Uh, that's around what Austin Matthews gets. He's looking for Austin Matthews money, essentially. And I don't know that Toronto's going to come right out and give that to him. So offer sheet kind of makes sense here. And you've got the Islanders. They've got cap space. A lot of their good players are coming up for uh, for a contract as a UFA. Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, Jordan Everly. They have the room to do it. They have the motivation to do it. And they have the guy to do it. So Lou Lamorello is their GM now. He drafted Mitch Marner. He got replaced in Toronto. He's got the cap space to do it. He has the need for a franchise player like that. Also, the Islanders have every reason to be mad at the Leafs because they took John Tavares. Like, took John Tavares. John Tavares left for Toronto. So there might be some bitterness going around in the Islanders organization towards the Leafs. And... I think you could totally for I could totally foresee a situation where the Islanders go, yeah, let's stick it to Toronto here. They don't want to pay this guy, we'll pay him, and we'll let them decide whether they want to give us or if we if they want to take four first round picks or this elite player. Now the compensation just came out, and like that, that's a two things that aren't really talked about a lot for why offer sheets don't really happen. Like, what's the, the the excuse that always comes out, or what's the reason that always seems to get talked about for why? You know, we don't get a lot of uh, we don't get a lot of offer sheets or any. It's that GMs are too afraid to do it. It's a it's an old boys club. They don't want to make each other mad. Try to you know up everyone's salaries. And to me, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking it's not the only reason. Players are going to be hesitant to sign offer sheets. I listened to a podcast that Ryan O'Reilly did earlier this season, ESPN on Ice with Greg Wyshynski, really good podcast. And O'Reilly was talking about, I was listening for it for the Sabre stuff, but he was talking about his offer sheet he signed with Calgary back when he played for the Avalanche. He signed, he's one of the, he might have been the last player to sign an offer sheet. And that was a long time ago, seven years now. He signed an offer sheet with Calgary and he talked about regretting that because when Colorado matched it, it was super awkward in that locker room when he came back. And I'd have to imagine that that would be the case if anyone signed an offer sheet with another team. You come back into your own locker room now after a match, and now all your teammates are like, well, this guy just signed up to leave us. This guy literally signed to not be on this team. And that could cause some resentment in some sort of way, and that's part of it to me. And maybe the player just doesn't want to leave in the first place. Maybe he likes his city. Who knows? Seems like NHL players don't like change more than a lot of other athletes. And that happens, plus there's the compensation. The compensation is kind of ridiculous. The compensation makes it almost impossible to do offer sheets. Because, yeah, Mitch Marner is great. You gotta pay four first-round picks to get him. Anything over $10.568 million, a very strange number, but that's the number, Anything over that, if the Islanders were to sign Marner to an $11 million year 
contract. $11 million a year. And the Leafs said, all right, you can take him. Toronto gets four first-round picks. That's a lot. That's a lot for any team to want to trade for any player. And like Marner would test that, I think. Because I would trade four first-round picks for Mitch Marner. Not going to lie. If I were the Sabres, I would do that. I don't think they're going to. I think the only team that has that I could foresee doing it is the Islanders. But I would want the Sabres to do that. If I were the Sabres general manager, I would take a shot there. Because I would trade four first-round picks for that guy. He's a 94-point player. and but, but there's not a lot of players that are worth that. And then the competition right below that, two firsts, a second and a third, a first, second, and a third. Like, Would you pay a first, second, and a third for a $6 million player? That's a lot. Who's a $6 million player in the Sabres right now? I mean, El Poso, but that doesn't really count. Reinhardt might get that. Who knows? I feel like maybe he even might not. You never, you never know. So to me, like, it's not just the GM's fault, but like, I'm really looking forward to seeing if Marner gets offer sheet, offer sheeted by the Islanders. And uh, I would love the Sabres to do it, but like I said, I do not think that's going to happen. Babcock could become available. Howard asking Jeff Blair if the Sabres should want Babcock is a funny question. Because we all wanted him a couple years ago, and since we've had some, we've had some years, we've had some playoff series in Toronto where he's lost, and I don't know if I'd want him anymore. First of all, he spurned us. He used the Sabers for leverage, and two, the guy's not really doing a lot of winning. He's got a hell of a roster. He couldn't win a series. It's only Bo- I mean, it's Boston. Boston's good. They don't have the elite talent Toronto does. Mike Babcock should have been able to win against Boston one of these last two years, and he wasn't able to. And he hasn't won a series since 2013. He's getting older. His style seems to rub players the wrong way. He doesn't really seem to be doing the greatest thing with ice time. Like That's what Toronto fans are getting on him a lot for, is ice time, utilizing his star players. I don't think I want that here. So, to me, if Mike Babcock becomes available, I would absolutely rather have Sheldon Keefe. And if Mike Babcock did become available with Toronto promoting Keefe to head coach, I don't think I want to go near that. He'd probably be a better idea than Jacques Martin, but like I've said a couple times, I think any idea is better than uh, Jacques Martin. So, uh, there's a little bit on the Leafs there. A lot of turmoil going on in Toronto, even though they've made the playoffs three years in a row now. Three straight first-round series losses. Awesome. I love it. They've never won a series in my lifetime. And they've got more talent than Buffalo. So, like, they should be held to a higher standard at this point. And, uh, but that, that's for now. We'll see what happens with Marner. And then if Darlene really rockets up and becomes the best defenseman in the NHL, then that gap's going to get closed pretty quickly. At least you hope. 803 is the phone number. Last call next. Um, there's a bit of a, it's not really a news item. Amelia Clark, uh, Daenerys Targaryen in Game of Thrones kind of dropped a little tidbit on one of the upcoming episodes, not really spoiling anything, but like what to expect. And I want to just talk about that for a second for all you Game of Thrones fans out there. So stay tuned to that. If you have any last thoughts in the Sabres coach search discussion tonight or on the Leafs, give us a call 803-0550. Last call next, the nightcap with Jody Biasi here on WGR. Welcome back. It's the Nightcap with Jody Biasi here on WGR. I wanted to touch on this Game of Thrones story. Barstool Sports had it. That's right, I'm referencing Barstool Sports. At least just this one time. The headline, Amelia Clark, which is Daenerys Targaryen in Game of Thrones. 
If you don't want spoiler alerts, get, get out of here. Or if you haven't seen the last episode, out. Amelia Clark, I, I'm sorry. Amelia Clark just said that episode five of this season's Game of Thrones is going to be even bigger than the Battle of Winterfell. And now I cannot wait for next Sunday. This Sunday, I'm sure, will be great. Um, the show is that good, but ooh, that's that's some expectations right there. A lot of people were disappointed with the last episode. Like, fix your TVs. It was great. I had no issues seeing anything. I had no problems following anything. And I thought it was one of the best episodes in TV history. I think this season right now is trending. If, if Amelia Clark is right about episode 5 of this season of Game of Thrones, a couple of you disagree with me on Twitter on this, but I think if that episode live up, lives up to that hype, and then you get the finale, which I'm sure will be great too, I, to me, at least in my personal opinion, I think you're competing with season four of Breaking Bad as the best season in TV history. And I think you're approaching that level. I'm sure other, there's probably seasons of The Sopranos that deserve to be in there. Um, I didn't watch The Wire, but I'm sure there are seasons there that deserve to be in that category. But I didn't watch those shows. I watched The Sopranos, I guess. But I can't really differentiate like what season's better off the top of my head. Um, but I, I think Game of Thrones here, like they're they're starting, they're halfway through. And if they keep it up, at least in my opinion, they're they're getting into that top tier best seasons in TV history. So I can't wait for season five, um, or episode five, I guess. Episode four still to come. That's on Sunday. If you uh, didn't hear, I got a podcast coming out. We're going to be talking lots of Game of Thrones. We'll have some review episodes. Uh, they'll be probably on their own. So if you're looking for sports talk or other stuff, then uh, they'll be separate from uh, from those Game of Thrones review episodes. But I'm getting full in on it. All in, I should say. Full in's not really a saying. I'm going to make it one. Full in on Game of Thrones. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. ESPN Radio is coming up next. That was my first full week of shows in a long time, really since before the Saber season. So looking forward to doing that again uh, next week and throughout the summer. Thanks, everybody, for calling in and listening. And you can check out the whole show out on demand at WGR550.com. And like I said earlier, if you missed the Ricard Gronberg interview on our station from earlier today, check that out. It's definitely worth a listen. Um, and I think you'll fall in love with him as a candidate for the Sabres. It's the Nightcap. Jody Biasi here on WGR. Have a good weekend. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.